Welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and the founder of Alzheimer's Speaks. Um, before we get started today, we always get new listeners, so I'm just going to tell you a little bit about us uh, so that you know who we are and what we do and why we do it. Um, bottom line, Alzheimer's Speaks is an advocacy-based company, and we provide multiple platforms to shift dementia care from crisis to comfort around the world. You see, we believe that by joining forces and, and having these conversations like we're going to today on Alzheimer's Speaks Radio, that we're going to be able to shift our perceptions and get rid of a lot of the stigmas and the isolation attached to this disease. And so I totally love my job because I get to have just amazing people that are just doing wonderful work and help raise their profile. Um, at our core, we also believe that collaboration is really the only way that we're going to win this battle against dementia. And I know that that's working thanks to all of you. <clears throat> you see your likes, your clicks, your shares on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, um, on Pinterest has ra raised Alzheimer's Speaks profile. And so I really have to thank each and every one of you for pushing out the information that we have. If it's on the blog, if it's our Dementia Chats webinars, if it's our radio shows, our YouTube channel, um, we have all different kinds of content out there. And by doing that, you're just helping us as a world have a conversation about dementia. And that's the first step. Um, a lot of us in our spheres have people who are dealing with dementia who really we don't even know because they're too afraid to talk to us about it or to tell anyone about it. But, you know, it feels more normal and more okay when we see more knowledge and more information, more education out there. So I really hope that you'll continue to like um, and um, like our Facebook page, our Twitter, our Google, and, and just keep pushing information out there. Um, because of all of your likes, your clicks, your shares, we were named number one, the number one influencer online for Alzheimer's by Sharecare in Dr. Oz. And we were also recently recognized by Maria Shriver as an architect of change for humanity. And again, that is a group effort. Um, so pat yourself on the back because you're part of that. So thank you very much um, for being part of our tribe here on Alzheimer's Speaks. I also want to let you know that, you know, many times our listeners have stories to tell. And so maybe you're a person living with dementia that is on a journey that you'd like to share with others. Maybe you are caring for a loved one or work in a community. Um, maybe you've started a new business or have a product, a service, or a tool that you would like to tell us about, reach out to me at Lori, L-O-R-I, at alzheimerspeaks.com, or you can just shoot me a, an email or, you know, uh, like me on Facebook and, and have, a, have a conversation. There's all different types of ways to, to reach out to me uh, via social media. But know that you are more than welcome to, uh, to join us here, and I'd love to have a conversation and get you scheduled. 
I also want to just uh, remind people that this November, in fact, November 11th through the 18th, we are going to be doing a dementia-friendly cruise and symposium, and we're going to be heading to the Eastern Caribbean, and we'd love for you to join us. And there's only a couple weeks left of sale pricing. Um, So this cruise is specific for people with early to mid-memory loss and their care partners. Now, that could be a, a... a family member, a friend, or even a professional that accompanies them. But we're all going to have fun. We're going to learn to relax. We're going to build camaraderie, um, rejuvenate our lives, and learn how to live gracefully with dementia. And I'm excited that in the symposium, we're going to have four people talking with dementia, Harry Urban, Michael Ellenbogen, Lori Shear, and we also have Mary Reed. Uh, we'll have a music therapist, uh, Becky Watson, and then Cindy Lazinski, who has launched a dementia-friendly community in northern Colorado along with myself. So we're going to have a lot of fun. We've got a lot of things scheduled. It'll be um, interactive, and uh, and yet you'll have plenty of time to enjoy the cruise as well. Um, also want to point out that on the website, alzheimerspeaks.com, you can go there. We've got a trifold with helpful tips when dealing with dementia, and you can download that. So please feel free to go ahead and do that. And then our friends at uh, Newman Long-Term Care um, now have a, uh, a giveaway. And it's kind of ironic uh, when I saw it because they are giving away five copies during August of Color Your Mind. And it's a coloring book that was done by Maria Shriver. And as you know, many of you know, I was just out in California with Maria for her Move for the Minds event. And it's a brilliant book. It's not just a coloring book. It also gives you a lot of great information um, in it as well. So uh, with no further ado, let me introduce you to um, not only our guest today, but she's a, she's a personal friend of mine. I have known Lisa Dunn for probably more years than I want to admit, and she is just a little, um, she's a little tiger with a smile out there just doing the right thing for people. Uh, She is a real estate agent uh, with REMAX Results who specializes in working with seniors, which was my passion prior to um, going down this path with dementia and caregiving. So um, Lisa and I have lots of things in common. She she works with all clients of all ages and stages of life, but her primary passion is really working with seniors um, and their families. And prior to becoming a real estate agent, she worked as a licensed graduated social worker and a healthcare consultant. So what a perfect match. So welcome, Lisa. It's just fun to have you in the studio today. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I, I'm really excited to have this conversation because so many people um, are dealing with dementia and they struggle with housing, you know, and when do I move and how do I get there? Um, but before we go down that line of questioning, our audience always likes to know, um, have you or, or anyone in your family or circle of friends been touched by dementia? Yes, Fortunately and unfortunately, um, I have two uncles who are struggling with dementia and just a matter of weeks ago um, helped my godparents clean out their home for that they'd lived in for 30 years 
because they moved down here to the cities and my uncle moved into memory care. Oh, okay. So up close and personal. Yes. So, yep. <laughs> and, you know, once you've stepped into that puddle, there's no, there's no saying you haven't. No. Um, and so it's very, uh, very important um, piece of the equation. And I think something that uh, just adds a lot of comfort to people who are dealing, you know, with that situation because the, I know when I was selling and I would, you know, guide people in terms of moving and then it hit my own mom and then it was like, well, I don't need to do that. You know, I can have her live with me. This will be just fine. And it was like you you put on this cape of superwoman and you're different from everybody else. And, and I think we all think of ourselves in that fashion. No one can care and love for their loved one the way you do. There's an incredible amount of pressure that as caregivers we put on ourselves when we're trying to care for a family member. And there's something about dementia and Alzheimer's that keeps people from asking for help as early as they could. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, well, you know, part of it is, um, I think it's just that pride issue and some of it can be denial. You know, we're, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Mm -hmm. And everyone else is going, yeah, I know you've arrived. <laughs> the rest of us can see it and we want to be there to prop you up. You do not need to do this alone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think one of the biggest things that people have to understand is how, uh, just remembering how good it feels to help somebody else. And when we deny ourselves help, we're denying others of feeling feeling good about helping somebody. And so, you know, when, when I look at it like that, I think, oh, how silly is that? But I know I've done it. I think everybody's done it. Yeah, human yeah. nature to want to do it by yourself. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're in a society where I think we feel pressured to do it. You know, we're supposed to do it. We're supposed to do it independently, you know, we're supposed to handle it. So why don't we talk about some of um, the differences between what you do and other, other realtors? Um, because I think there's a huge difference in how you approach things. Yeah. As somebody who's worked almost exclusively with older adults, and I can't believe I'm saying this for 14 years now, um, my clients have taught me what I need to know. And the minute I think I know everything, they make <laughs> sure that that's, that they point out that that's not the case. The things that I know about working with older adults, you don't learn when you get your real estate license. Um, normally a, re a real estate agent, when they go through licensing courses, everything focuses on the house. Everything starts and stops with the house. You talk about how to get the house ready and how to uh, market the house and how to prepare your clients to get a purchase agreement. But when you work with older adults, the way that you start is completely different. You start by asking, tell me what's important to you. Tell me what you want to do to the house. I'm not going to give you a punch list of things. Tell me the things that you'd like to do. Um, by far and away, most of my clients look at me and say, nobody did anything for the house when I moved in. I have no intention of making any changes to my home. <laughs> and fortunately, in this current market, um, our clients get to take advantage of it being such a strong seller's market. And if they choose to not do anything to the home, most of the time that does not affect the sale of their home. So we encourage them to take uh, take advantage of the current market conditions. So I think the things that, that sets a real estate agent apart that works with seniors is you have to know more. You have to know who the resources are. You have to know um, 
who can help them prepare for such a big move. When you're moving after living in a home for 50 or more years, it's a very different experience than when you're 27 and buying your first home. So it's a different set of skill sets and a different approach that we take with our clients. Yeah, I I had a thing called flick factors because I always tried to, I always found that the seniors when I dealt with them or or you know basically anybody in a transition, everybody looks at kind of the same things. But I think as we age, you know, we're just fearful it's our last move and that we're going to lose our independence. And so I came up with a thing called flick factors, um, which I think again everyone looks at, which is financing loss, because everyone feels that loss of home, loss of independence, um, control, comfort, change, confidence, and then the kid factor Mm -hmm. comes into play. (laughs) And so, um, you know, and those, all those things vary depending on what stage we are in life, but they're all things that we consider when we make a move. And, you know, I always tell, I always used to tell people, no one makes a move to be uncomfortable. You know, you you make a move because it meets your needs better. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just having those conversations, which I'm sure you do too, about how many rooms in the house do you not go in? Mm -hmm. How do you try not to heat them and pay the bill, Mm -hmm. you know, for heating or air conditioning or or clean or whatever it is? You know, it's it's kind of amazing. And yet a lot of um, new construction out there I had found, and I don't know if you still see this, you know, is big and flashy. And I found that they're really marketing more to the kids because a lot of people in this population raise seven kids in a one bed, you know, in a one bath, maybe three bedroom home, and they were perfectly fine. And so they don't necessarily need all this extra stuff. Now, some people want it and can afford it and are really comfortable with it, but not everybody needs that, but it seems like everyone wants the flash. That's so true. And the way that they market is not necessarily functional for older adults. Mm-hmm. We don't see enough one level living being built. Mm-hmm. There just simply isn't enough. And if there is some, what they do is they finish the lower level just as fl- fat, flashy as they do the main level. And it's priced at a point that prices a lot of older adults out of the possibility of it making it possible for them to downsize yep. because the price is just not within their reach. Yeah. Or some will say, I, I, I don't need a bigger place. This is bigger than what yeah. I have. It doesn't make sense for me <laughs> to pay for something I'm not going to use. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's great to be able to have a real estate agent that you can have those conversations with and who will bring up stories of other people going through this struggle. I, I remember the first time I, uh, I was, well, probably not the first time, but one of my seminars I did with a builder because he was trying to attract people in. And we were supposed to be there for like an hour, hour and a half. And like four hours later, we're like kicking him out the door because everybody was like shocked that they all, they all thought their friends made these spontaneous last minute decisions to move and what came out was how long people have been thinking about this process and stalled out with it. Because I'm sure, I'm sure things haven't changed that much since I left. There's probably uh, one in a couple who's ready to move and the other one's, you know, not, not going to budge yet. 
Yeah, and then the third group are the folks that move because there's some kind of crisis or trigger Mm -hmm. event and they have to move in a hurry. That's the situation to avoid. Yep, (laughs) yep, yeah, because you lose all control. Right. And, and, uh, And that's a lot of times when the kids really come in and take over and they decide even what you're going to take or what you're not right. going to take. And and for some people, they like that. They they like for the kids to come in, but you have to know for yourself what it is you like. Um, do you, uh, have you run into the situation where you meet with somebody? Because I think there's great fear that, oh my gosh, if I have them out, they're going to force me to sell my house. And then if, if I get them out of my house without signing anything, they're going to badger me. You know, and they're going to call and they're going to send me stuff. And I always saw people just have this great fear. And I was like, no, we'll just, we'll make the move when you're ready to make Mm -hmm. the move. Because if you're not emotionally ready, I think that can be a major hurdle Mm -hmm. for people and make it really difficult. Do you still see that fear factor? Do you think that settled down a little bit? You know, I think it depends on the agent that someone is first exposed to. Mm -hmm. There are certainly agents that are tend to be more transactional in nature, and they will be more sales or transactional oriented. The goal, however, through this process is even if you're not ready to move, to be gathering information so that when you are ready, you're prepared. So one of the things that I tell our clients, especially the people that come to our seminars, is have a real estate agent out now. It's okay if you're not going to move for two months or two years. Have an agent out now because one of the most common mistakes people make is spending money, all sorts of money, to get their home ready on the market because somebody told them to or they saw it on HGTV. And unfortunately, if all of your home is from 1950 and you change one or two things, say you spend a lot of money on changing your countertops or changing some flooring, the buyer for your home will still see everything you haven't done. <laughs> yep. The buyer doesn't have the benefit of seeing the additional things you've done or the money you've spent. They still see all of the projects that they'll want to do. So we want to be very strategic and cautious about the kind of money our clients are spending to get their home ready for the market. And in this market is the time for our clients to take advantage of spending as little money as possible to get their home ready for the market. So it's a very good time if you're thinking about moving turn off HGTV and don't watch any more of those shows until after you move because that is not where we get our professional real estate information about how to get a house ready for the market. And it's it's hard. I mean, I remember selling my folks' house and my dad, um, they pulled up the carpet in the living room. We knew there would be hardwood floors because it was a house built in 1959 and um, my dad's like, oh, I, I'm sure, you know, we, our dogs got old and they piddled and they're probably stained. And so I'm just going to order the carpet. And he ripped up the carpet and he called me, oh, my gosh, it's gorgeous. Yeah. And I'm like, cancel the carpet. <laughs> but my dad, you know, was like, I can't do that. I'm a man of my word. And I'm like, well, then take some dang pictures at least, you know, (laughs) you need to at least show people that that's her. And 99% of the people that came through said, why? Why did they cover up those beautiful Mm -hmm. hardwood floors? And I said, because he's a man of his word. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He ordered the carpet. And and so it's just, it's really, uh, it's important to know what consumers mostly are going to want one way or the other. But again, you know, it gets tricky even picking out paint colors and things like that because we've all experienced somebody making those updates and see the next guy rip it mm-hmm. out. And that's devastating mm-hmm. to people too. 
or um, like you said, planning ahead. If you're going to make improvements, hang around and enjoy them for a while. Yourself. That's right. If you're not <laughs> planning to move for five or more years, we can make improvements that will increase your return on your investment and let you enjoy all of the changes that you make to the house. So the trick is to be working with a real estate agent that can help you minimize the amount of money to spend to get the house ready on the market. Also to understand what has to be done versus what would be nice to be done and what that will do to the potential sale price of the home. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that I just love so much about um, the way you work, and and I think part of it is because it's the way I used to work, to be (laughs) honest, you know, and there's just very few agents out there that get that emotional connection to the house and the move and you know, the the value of having that serenity and calmness and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, and there's different ways to make a move. Some people find a place and they move into it first and then sell the house. Other, you know, so w- what is the most common thing that you're seeing now? And I'm sure it varies. It does vary. However, the list of things that keep people stuck in their home really does not change very much. Even if the real estate market changes, that list doesn't change. It usually has to do, the very first most common complaint I hear is, I'm so overwhelmed, Mm -hmm. I have no idea where to start. And usually that feeling of being overwhelmed comes from fear of change, not knowing what to do with the stuff, not knowing where they're going to move to, not knowing if their money will last long enough or how long the money will last that they've got saved up. And those are all obstacles or challenges that our clients face that we can help walk them through. Well, that's wonderful because that it's scary, especially, you know, I remember dealing with um, people who had lost their partner or gotten divorced and, you know, they would just get stuck. They would just be petrified because they didn't like making big decisions alone or maybe they never, some of them never, ever had to. And so this is like their first really major thing. And, and there's nothing more major than moving. Yeah, because human nature doesn't change. I bet you saw this too, Lori, that most of our clients are women who have been widowed and they are in a position where not only do they have to figure out where all of the assets are located because they never needed to before, yeah. but now they're in a position of having to sell a home on their own and decide where they're going to live on their own. Um, and that would be terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that I found fascinating was that, um, and, and I always told people to be really careful about this because referrals are nice, but just because an agent worked good for your sister or your brother or your kids does not mean they're going to be a good match for you mm-hmm. because you have a whole different history, a whole different personality. And so I would always encourage people, you know, go ahead and interview people because they'll be shocked Mm -hmm. at how different the presentations are, how different the personalities are. And and I, I saw on your website that, you know, people can get a list of questions to even ask agents, which I used to do, too, mm-hmm. because, you know, if you haven't done it, you don't know what to ask. Yeah. And so you just assume if you're hiring a professional, they're working in your best interest. And, you know, agents have to 
But there yeah, are there levels of best interest, uh, in my opinion. There's <laughs> levels of best interest, and an agent may come in with all sorts of ideas about how to prepare your home for the market, and those ideas might be very different than what your goals are. You may say, I'm not doing a thing to the house, and you've already got a difference of opinion between what you want and what the agent wants mm -hmm. to have happen with your home. So I think it's a really good idea to interview at least two agents, and the way you can gauge if you need to interview a third is based on the suggested list price you get from these first two agents. If the first two agents that come in, you feel good about one of them, and if the two suggested list prices that they give you for your home are close, you probably don't need to interview a third. But if their suggested list prices are really far apart, it's a good idea to get a third opinion. And the reason I put a cap on it is because I have seen some of our clients that have been stuck in their home. They say they want to move. They haven't been able to pull the trigger. It's very easy to get stuck in analysis paralysis and just keep interviewing agents and never get ready to move. Yep. So yeah, put a cap on the number that you interview. Yeah, and I, and I think it really, you know, you just get that clicky feeling. Yeah, we're like they care. Yeah. I mean, people would say to me a lot of times, "I feel like your family. I feel like you're a friend." You know, and, and what, what an honor that was. But I just, you know, when you when you have that connection, you feel safe, mm -hmm. and then it just helps to move ahead. Um, one of the other things, you know, that you. Um, do is you have lots of resources available if you know because when you when you're selling a house it's amazing the help you could use mm -hmm. in different areas so mm -hmm. can you talk to people a little bit about some resources well i can most real estate agents will have a number of resources contractors to help you get the house ready they'll help you do walk through the city inspection if your city requires one but a real estate agent that works with seniors we also have in our back pocket a list of elder law attorneys that are clients that I've had a good experience with. This is really important if you're looking at a chronic health care condition and you need to consider um, whether or not you will be on medical assistance within five years. And that five years is because there's a five-year look-back period on medical assistance. And the way in which the house is sold can impact your eligibility for medical assistance. So we want to make sure that there's a elder law attorney uh, involved, especially if you don't have a power of attorney document in place, um, or if you haven't done the estate planning, because we're going to be selling a fairly large asset of yours, and we want to make sure that we plan appropriately um, and that you feel comfortable that you've got a plan in place for what to do with that big fat check you're going to get at the end of the day after your house sells. Yeah. The other resources we have is we can guide you through deciding and what questions to ask with senior housing if you're not a, if you're not aware of your options. Today in this senior housing market, it's important for you to know where you're going to move to prior to your home being listed. That's very important. Without that information, you could be listing your home and selling it and having to move twice because you didn't have a plan in place. Yep. So that's another resource a senior real estate agent can put in place for you. Um, we can help you figure out how long your money will last. Not us, but we have financial resources available that don't sell products. They won't try to convince you to move your retirement portfolio around. They'll simply come in and talk with you and give you a quick assessment so that you have at least 
a safety net. You have a good understanding about how long your money will last, and sometimes that gives people the confidence to move forward with a move that they otherwise would have been afraid to make. Well, and, you know, it's 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 nice to be able to have those resources at the ready. Um, and, you know, for me, again, this is ages ago, but we used to kind of tag team it with a team you know, so that everybody was in the loop. Everybody knew one another. And, and people were just, like, so thrilled that we all worked together, you know, because, man, if, if one of those ropes gets dropped and the communication isn't there... Um, it can get complicated really, really quickly. It can, and you want to know that the professionals that you've hired um, are known, have good references, can give you good testimonials. And in Minnesota, we're so lucky. There is a group of senior professionals, and most of us know each other, and we know who our clients have had a good experience with. And that's why making those referrals um, is is so helpful to our clients because they know that the professionals they're working with have a good track record. Um, With a real estate agent, the way my team works is we don't ever take referral fees. So it doesn't matter to us what professional Mm -hmm. our clients work with. We just want them to have a good experience. So we're all really invested in working well together to make sure that things go as smoothly as possible. Well, and I think that's really nice. I didn't do that either. And there there are a lot of people out there that will take those referrals. And and once they do, as a consumer, you're wondering, now, is this in my best interest or is it in their best pocketbook, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, for leverage? And in that kind of defeats the purpose when you have someone who's, whose heart and soul is really invested in it like yours is. And, you know, I do want to say, because people listen to this all over the world, every state, every city can have different rules and regulations. Right. So um, you, you know, definitely want to um, work with someone who's local, who's licensed, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, who is familiar also with senior housing and options and things. And, you know, there. there are national associations available for most professionals. So, for example, for real estate agents, to find a real estate agent outside of Minnesota that really has focused and gotten some education around issues that are important to you you can go to the Senior Real Estate Specialist website, which is sres.org, and you can find a real estate agent near you that has earned that credential, and at least you know they've spent some time understanding what's important to you. There are other associations for movers, for care managers, for for move managers. Um, Those associations exist. So if you're looking for a resource, those websites and national associations are available, and you can certainly always email me. I'd be glad to get you pointed in the right direction. Okay. Do you want to give people your email? Sure. My email, it's a little long. It's Lisa, L-I-S-A, at thechangeagent.net. Okay, wonderful. And we will repeat that at the end, and it's it's also on the radio page as well <clears throat> for you um, there. Um, there's just so many different pieces when it comes to moving. I want to talk about kids because kids can kind of complicate things. They're, uh, um, many times on one side of the fence or, or the other. Sometimes they don't want the family home sold. Um, sometimes they're, you know, I've, I've worked with people where they say, I feel like I'm getting kicked out the door, you know, they're, they're, they're wanting my money and there's, and then there's others that really feel like there's a team effort 
and everyone's working in their best interest. So no family is the same. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. what I found out there. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes um, you end up being kind of a counselor mm-hmm. um, with family um, issues that can, you know, pop up. And and I think it's really important that, you know, the client um, has their say, you know, and their authentic voice is heard. And sometimes with finance, uh, family dynamics, that's really difficult. But sometimes the, the agents can really help, you know, position that. And I always found, I mean, even like I said, when I moved my own folks, you know, I knew nothing. Even with dementia, my mom having dementia 30 years, I know nothing, you know, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> I'm, I'm just the middle child, you know. But you have a third party, you know, say something and all of a sudden it's heard. Right. And it's respected and it's implemented. And you kind of sit back and go, wow, that was easy. And by the way, that's true of me and my parents as mm-hmm. well. I might be a real estate agent that knows everything about senior housing and can help anybody move at any time. But it, when it comes to giving my own parents advice, forget it. Yep. it I would need a third party. Yep. <laughs> it's true in my family too. <laughs> well, and it, it happens a lot. I think it yeah. happens with... I don't care if you're a car mechanic, a plumber, or a doctor, an attorney. It just is the way it mm-hmm. is. You know, we we play our certain roles in life, and uh, some of people aren't going to let us out of those. That's right. <laughs> Daughter. <laughs> right. Oh, gosh. Um, I want to talk to you about um, referral basis and stuff. And I would imagine that you get a lot of um, word of mouth um in this sector in yes. terms of in terms of referral. Yes, almost all of our business has become to be referral. Mm-hmm. So our referrals come from senior housing communities, from elder law attorneys, from geriatric care managers, um, from the clients that we've worked with. We occasionally are fortunate enough to be able to work with their families. So I've worked with great great grandchildren of some of my previous clients. So we become the family real estate agent. Um, there, we are just primarily referral because our niche is working with older adults. Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, you know, that's a nice place to be. Um, and I, again, I, I, on top of that, I would get referrals from my clients would refer out, Mm -hmm. but again, I would, I would still recommend people interview more than just one, just to make sure that I'm being authentic in terms of, you know, just because I worked well with Betty doesn't mean I'm going to work good with Fred. <laughs> That's right. You know, one of the very first criteria that should be on your radar when you're interviewing a real estate agent is, do I like this person? And could I sit down and negotiate with this person? Could I trust them to negotiate the best deal possible for me with my house? Um, so that's the first thing to consider. Um, you want your real estate agent to be full-time. Mm-hmm. You want them to have a marketing plan for your home. Most real estate agents today, one of the things that they'll recommend is having professional photography done for your home. And that wasn't that didn't used to be quite as important, but today the first time someone sees your home is going to be when they are sitting behind a computer. The second showing of your home will be when they cross the threshold and walk into your home. So those those photography, the, the f- photographs that we take of those homes are really important. It's very important that they show the best light of your home. Taking photographs of a home with a cell phone camera and posting those online do not look the same and they do not 
um, shed light on the best features of your home, and we're trying to do a good job of marketing. So prof- professional photography uh, should be a requirement for most homeowners who are selling a home. And, you know, all of the, all real estate agents will have a marketing plan, and we'll come in, and our job is to knock your socks off with how good of a job we are going to do marketing your home. But really, the questions that I would suggest that your listeners focus on is asking questions about the real estate agent's experience and their results. Because all of us can have a great marketing plan, but it doesn't make any difference if you're not getting the job done. Very true. So you want to have a good understanding about how many homes is that agent working with buyers to get sold and how many homes are they working with homeowners to get sold. Are they primarily Mm -hmm. a buyer's agent or a listing agent? Almost all my team does is listing agents because most of our clients are downsizing and moving into senior housing. That's that's primarily what our clients are doing. Some of them are purchasing townhomes or condos, but by far and away, they're moving into rental situations. Um, You also want to make sure that the agent that you're working with has some experience with senior housing. Can they help you navigate the logistics of this very difficult move for you? Because you're moving into a place that may or may not have vacancies. Your unit may or may not be ready. And you want to make sure that that agent can help navigate that maze of services and the logistics of the move. Well, and I think that it's important to um, to help reduce stress. You know that right. that whole, even of what do I take, or you know that whole downsizing piece. And I, I remember working with uh, Gentle Transitions, who's a uh, they just do a wonderful job moving. I don't know if you still use them or not, um, but you know they had just had all these little tips and tricks in terms of you know packing and setting up and getting rearranged or. You know, you can't, you're not going to take all your good dishes because you don't, you don't do that anymore. You don't entertain like that, but maybe you're going to take a, you know, a a coffee cup or a tea set or something that's going to remind you of those moments, you know, or a a platter that you'll use for various occasions. You know, if you have people over for, you know, cake or something, whatever it might be, Mm -hmm. um, or to set your jewelry on it, but just little, little pieces, um, that you can take a little of it, not all of it. And, and then how to get rid of stuff. Cause everyone says, Oh my gosh, how did I, how do I have so much stuff? I mean, I just went through and I, I cleaned out my closet and I took like eight garbage bags of clothes out of my closet and it's still (laughs) packed. It's still packed. And you just kind of go, how does this happen? It's, it's like, it, it just, it's like a wet sponge. It just blows up in there, you know. And so I know I'm dreading. I've been in my house 25 years, and I try to keep up with it. But we have a lot of crap, yeah. you know, and we have a lot of stuff that I don't need. And, you know, you try to kind of tackle that stuff um, in time or even just, you know, maybe if you're not looking at moving right away, just attacking a closet a week or even a month. <laughs> you know, no matter how big our house is, we fill it. No yep. matter how how big the, sp- the space is. So whether you're in a one-bedroom or a five-bedroom, we tend to find the nooks and crannies that have some open space, and we put some stuff in there. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. One of, the, one of the suggestions that we give our clients, so the first, the first thing that I want to emphasize is when you're moving, everything about how you get the house ready and how you move should be based on what's important to you and how you want things to happen. And, Lori, that goes back to having a say and having an authentic voice through this process. 
It's your agent's job to make sure that your goals, your concerns, your priorities are put at the very top of the list. Everything about how the house is staged, how it's marketed, how the logistics are are managed for your move, all of those things should be planned around what you identify as being important to you. So that's the very first thing. If If you interview an agent that doesn't honor that process, keep interviewing agents until you find one that will do that for you. Um, secondly, I'm going to give you some tips about what I share with folks when I do seminars at, um, often senior housing communities will have me out to do seminars. One of the best ways to move and manage the stress, if it's financially viable for you, is to move first. Move before your house is on the market. Here's the benefit to that. You don't have to worry about whether or not you left a coffee cup in the sink or if you left your socks on the bedroom floor that morning. And you don't have to worry about having 10 showings on a Saturday and being kicked out of your house at 9 o'clock in the morning and not being able to come back until 9 o'clock at night. If you move first, you can essentially hand the baton off to your real estate agent and say, call me when we have somebody who's interested that wants to write an offer. You don't have to be there. You don't have to keep the house clean. You can just go. And in this market, in general, we don't worry then about houses sitting vacant too long because generally they're scooped up off the market pretty (laughs) quickly. So that's one suggestion is if it works for you, when your unit is ready or when you find your next place, move first. Leave everything in the house there that you're not taking with you for, say, two weeks. That way you know that if there's something back in the house that you know that you wanted to grab, it's still there. You're still in control and nobody's pulled the rug out from underneath you. So you can go back to the house anytime, grab things, or if the case is that you brought too much stuff with you, you can bring it back to the house. And then either a a move manager such as General Transitions or your real estate agent, if they're a senior real estate um, specialist, or one another service, we can help facilitate the emptying of the house. Again, you don't even have to be there. We can find the people to sell it. We can find the people to donate it. Or we can find the people to just make it go away. Yeah. Um, so there's things that we can do around the logistics of your move to just make it less stressful for you. So that your focus becomes being getting from point A to point B and you can get settled in your new home and you don't have to worry about all of the stuff associated with your old home. We'll just take care of it for you. And that's huge. Yeah. That And that moving first, it people just can breathe, you know, if they've got the luxury of doing that. And some will do even like a reverse mortgage to pull one out from another. Or, I mean, there's all different types of ways um, and you're up to date on all the financing. Yeah. So if you've got some questions about, I would like to move first, but I can't figure out what my options would be to grab some finances to be able to do that, um, we'd be glad to talk with you about that. Because most of the time, if somebody says, I really want to move first, we can figure out a way to make it happen for them. Yeah, because it can be really spooky and feel really awkward to have people in your house. And and some people can't leave their house. You know, they've got medical conditions or 
whatever and they're they they're there when the showings take place and they feel really awkward and uncomfortable yeah. um or even just having a lockbox even though it's coded now and everything's tracked you know um there's just all those little pieces that that can come into play and that goes back to everything about how this move happens has to make sense for you there's just that that has to be the very center focus. And so if you're not able to leave the home because you don't drive or, or because whatever the reason is, that's okay too. Mm-hmm. So whatever your circumstances are, make sure that your agent works for you and makes things work for you in a way that reduces your stress, not increases it. Um, one thing I want to ask you, Lisa, um, is if you're comfortable in sharing maybe your... Um, two different stories with us, maybe one that was just touched your heart in terms of a move. Um, and another one that was just really a struggle as an agent and, and why, and why that, you know, might come into play. And my guess is it could have to do with family (laughs) dynamics. And I I could be wrong on that one, but I, I remember just having every, Every person who moved had just such a story, and, and it was just amazing the impact that you don't think um, a, a realtor can have such impact on a family, but it's it's huge. And like you mentioned, all of a sudden you're, you're the agent for the whole family. So all of a sudden you're doing the kids and the grandkids and, you know, the aunts and the uncles and, and stuff. Or I had one woman, she even put me in her will to make sure that I sold her house. Because she said, I know my kids all have their own agents right now, and they all want control. But you moved my husband and I, and then you helped us move him into you know, a community, and you helped reestablish where I was, and that meant everything to me. And she said, I want to make sure you get the sale of this house. Yeah. And so she actually wrote it into her will. She said, because the kids will have to follow it then. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm trying to filter through my recent stories and figure out which ones I should share. Um, One of probably the most difficult was a gal who was living in a single-family townhome. And she really didn't have much family to speak of. She had one family member nearby. But primarily what was happening is that family member would come by to pick up furniture that um, he thought he would be able to use. But other than that, wasn't doing much to help her. She um, had some pretty serious physical disabilities and was in a motorized wheelchair. So she was no longer driving her own. She had moved into senior housing probably a year and a half before we were able to start working on her home. So her home had been sitting empty for a year and a half. And because of her physical disabilities, she really had not been in the basement for a number of years. So because of that, if there were items, personal property in the basement that she needed or wanted to use, if it wasn't on the main level, instead of going into the basement to get it, she would go out and purchase a replacement of that item so she had access to it on the main floor. So consequently, her home was filled. Um, And most of the time, if you think you have a lot of stuff, you don't. It's our clients that don't think they have a lot of stuff (laughs) are the ones who have a lot of stuff. And this gal, um, there was so much stuff in the house. You really, when you looked in the bathroom, you couldn't see that it was a bathroom because it was floor to ceiling filled with stuff. And it took us, um, 
me and I've got a, another licensed agent who works very closely with me spending time at her home. And as she would go through a room or go through a stack of things, we hired a gentleman to come in and remove those things. So very slowly over a period of six to seven months, it took us to empty her home, um, making numerous trips to help her sort and go through things. And I think that that's, that's an example of whether you have family here or not. Um, sometimes your children have moved around the country and are in some pretty significant high powered, high paying jobs and aren't able to be here. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Um, we, we want them involved. If you want them involved, if you don't want them involved, we can still find a way to get resources and to help you make your move happen. So I think the reason that that one is so significant is oftentimes, um, a lot of our, our, clients are alone. They don't have family. And we become the quarterbacks for them to help them pull the pieces together to make the move happen. And that's what we're here for. Um, and, you know, probably another pretty significant, very recent move is um, a gal who was not very excited about moving. And when I first met her, she had just had a stint put in her heart. And so she was just released from the hospital. So when I met her, she was pretty overwhelmed, pretty fearful of moving. And she asked if she could call any time um, as the anxiety started to build up. And I told her if she wanted to, we would tattoo my phone number on her forearm so she'd always have it and she'd always <laughs> be able to call me. Oftentimes her daughter would call, um, tearful about the changes that she's seen in her mom. Oftentimes the mother would call, tearful because her daughter was crying. So there were a lot of conversations that we were having. I went to go meet her at her senior housing community about a month after she had moved in, and I didn't even recognize her. The change that had happened to her because she was socializing and because she was eating three square meals a day, because she didn't have to worry about grocery shopping, and because she was able to um, really focus on her and not worry about the house. The move had happened. She got plugged into a new community and she was flourishing. I did not even recognize her. And now when I talk with her daughter, she, her daughter just giggles because she's so happy her mom's doing so well. So that's an example of somebody who waited longer than maybe was advised mm -hmm. to move. And when she finally made the decision to move, she, she really, she, she's flourishing. Yeah, it's amazing. I think so many people don't realize that they've gotten isolated in their homes. Their neighborhoods have changed. Their neighbors have moved. They don't know the teenage kids. And there's all this this fear. And we just, it, it happens slowly. And people don't recognize it. Because I remember that all the time. I'd have to track down the housing manager to get a hold of them for an offer because that they they were just on the go. The last time I went to go see this gal in senior housing, she kicked me out because she had 15 minutes to get to her exercise class. She didn't <laughs> want me to stay. <laughs> and, and, you know, how cool is that? Yeah, it's that, fantastic. That is way cool. Way, way, way cool. Well, um, you know, we were talking about stories. I remember one woman, I had to meet with her two or three times in a restaurant before she'd allow me in her house because she was a pack rat and literally in her house were it was just a path to each room and it was up to your shoulders 
And it was amazing that somebody could live like that, but there's a lot of, lot more people out there than we realize living like that. But it was really a matter of building that trust, which you, you're so good at doing. And, um, and when she went to leave, she moved first, um, and then she did not want her neighbors to know how much stuff she had. And for months, and this was when nowadays trash only comes once a week, but when trash used to come twice a week, she hired somebody to fill up two trash cans every, you know, twice a week and empty her house. And it took, I bet, three months to get rid of all her stuff, but she didn't want her neighbors to know. And I'm sure her neighbors figured out, oh, she's still gone, but there's still trash coming. But Mm -hmm. it was a pride thing, and it was about respecting who she was and what she needed. And and I just, I think that that's so cool that you really, truly do embrace that. Yeah, don't be afraid to have a real estate agent in early. It's so important to get that advice early so that you can plan ahead. You can minimize the amount of time you're spending and money you're spending on getting your house ready. And I promise, you know, most agents are in 20, 30 homes a week. And if you have a path through your home that we can walk through, we will be able to help put a plan together to help get you moved. All we need is a path. Yeah. (laughs) So if you've got more than a path, you're in great shape. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, everything is doable. That's right. Everything is doable. And again, you know, if if you have somebody out who's, um, doesn't feel comfortable with that and you're not feeling comfortable, you know, feel free to cut the meeting short and just ask them to leave. That's mm-hmm. okay too. You are in control. And I think so many times people don't think they're in control. Mm-hmm. The other thing I really want to um, uh, talk about, I can't believe how fast the time is going, um, is uh, it's so critical to have an agent who is willing to explain the paperwork because the paperwork is an asinine mound these days. I mean, when I started, it was, it was, people were livid because the purchase agreement changed from one to two pages. And now what is it? Like probably 40 with the disclosures, maybe even more. It can be. (laughs) And so it's a lot and it can be overwhelming. And you want to make sure that your agent is willing to let you sit with the paperwork if you need someone else to review it. You know, um, you have to do, you know, if if you've got an offer and it's got to be a reasonable time or you could lose that buyer and an agent's going to tell you that. But, um, you know, nowadays, a lot of times they just send it electronically and say, sign here, sign here. And and, and Lisa's shaking her head. No, no, we never do electronic signatures with our clients, even if they have that capability. Mm -hmm. If it's a baby boomer working full time and they really don't even want to see the whites of my eyes, then maybe. Mm -hmm. But most of the time we meet face to face so that we can go over the paperwork and answer any questions. Everybody's style about how they tackle paperwork is different. Some folks don't want the details. They just want to know where to sign and you, you show them the line and they're fine with that. Other folks, I'm working with um, a retired judge now, and we've met three times to go over the listing agreement and talk about questions he has and to talk about the intent of the language in there. And it, we've met three times over one contract. So whatever your style is, again, this process is about you. If you want to read paperwork ahead of time, make sure to ask your agent for copies. And your agent, I'm sure, would be willing to get you copies of things. Those copies can either be in paper form or electric form, depending on 
your process and what your preferences are. And we can walk through them with you. We can leave them with you, have you read them. We come back, answer questions. However it works best for you is what's important. Yeah, there's... It, the process can be intimidating physically, emotionally, you know, psychologically. And so it's it's important to have, you know, really have somebody on your side um, that not only gets the process, but gets you and what's important to it. And that's one of the things that I just adore about Lisa and her team is that is their first priority, you know. You're not supposed to have to know everything. That's why you're hiring you know? a professional, yeah. <laughs> Most of us don't move more than one time. Most of our clients have never sold a home before. Most of them. Um, so the the nice thing is that you've surrounded yourself with some professionals that can help you. And oftentimes it does take a village. It takes yeah. a number of professionals and a number of resources. And we pull in the folks that we need to make to make sure that um, – the process is as smooth and you have as much confidence as as you need to move forward. Yep, yeah. exactly. Any um, last-minute comments that you have for people that you that you know, I covered? You know, just like you, I think information is power. Mm -hmm. So um, your listeners are welcome to go to our website. We've got a special website set up with senior housing information. It's theseniorhousingsearch.com. Um, and feel free to browse there. There's an ebook that you can download that has some of the interview questions for real estate agents that Lori mentioned. Um, we really, you have an open invitation to call us with questions because we really do want to be a resource for you to help you navigate your, your process for moving. Now, if somebody's listening and they're not in Minnesota, which is where you're located, um, can they call you and maybe get referred to an agent who's, who specializes like you? Yes. I only hold a real estate license in Minnesota, but if you're looking for a senior-friendly agent, yes, we have a network of agents across the country that we can help refer you to. Wonderful. Well, great. Now, Lisa, can, Lisa again, uh, is it's Lisa Dunn with REMAX Results. And she goes by the Change Agent Group, um, and Agent is capital A-G-E for age. And she can be reached at Lisa, L-I-S-A, at thechangeagent.net, Lisa, at thechangeagent.net. And her number is um, 612-599-3484. And uh, you will adore her as much as I do, I'm sure. Thank you for being with us, Lisa. It has been such a pleasure. Thank you for the invitation. Well, thank you. Um, in following up, before I let you go again, I just want to remind everyone, if you're interested in that dementia-friendly cruise, I suggest that you go to alzheimerspeaks.com and click on the information on our homepage. It'll bring you to the actual tab and um, get registered um, right away so that you can uh, take advantage of the discounts that are still available. Also, all of our shows here on uh, Live and Social are um, archived, so we've got six years worth of shows, so you will not run out of listening time. Our last Dementia Chats, which was a video, um, is a video interview I do with people living with dementia. We discuss the impact of social media and the various communication platforms and how that 
can have an impact on their relationships. It's very, very interesting. And again, it is free and listed on our website. I want to give a shout out to uh, Silvercrest. I was out there last night and did a preview of his neighbor, Phil. And if you're interested in hosting that film, please uh, reach out to me. You can call me at 651-748-4714, 651-748-4714. Or you can email me at lori, L-O-R-I, at alzheimerspeaks.com. Again, uh, put your name in for that drawing uh, with uh, Newman Long-Term Care for one of Maria Shriver's coloring books, which is called Color Your Mind. And last, I just am uh, going to plug the memory cafes. Uh, if you don't have one in your area, um, maybe it's time to uh, to start one. And I do a lot of mentoring with that, so feel free to reach out to me on that um, or you can go to Calendar Cards, and Calendar and Cards both start with a K, and you can uh, get to their um, Memory Cafe directory. There's over 330 of them now in the United States. Have a blessed day, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, everyone. Bye now. Hi, this is Suzanne Newman, host of the Answers for Elders podcast and radio show. We are the North Star that guides you through the complicated journey of senior care with trusted experts in money, law, living solutions, and more. So join us on this station, your favorite podcast channel, or just go to AnswersForElders.com. Meet the Way Showers who will help your journey go a lot easier.